I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at rainnetwork.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. My name is Emma Kami, and I'll be your host today. While the European Union and the Southern Common Market, commonly known as Mercosur, reached an initial deal on a free trade agreement in 2019, the deal has not been implemented because of disagreements between the two trading blocs. In recent weeks, there has been a push to resurrect the deal, but significant obstacles still remain. Here to discuss the issue is Adriana Bosoni, Reigns Director of Analysis. Welcome, Adriana. Hi, Emma. Nice talking with you again. You too. Uh, so let's start with a basic question. Why is the deal between the EU and Mercosur so important? Well, a free trade agreement between the European Union and Mercosur would be important because of the size of the economies involved in the deal. We are talking about the European Union, which is the largest trade bloc in the world, and Mercosur, a trading bloc that includes the two largest economies in South America, that is Brazil and Argentina, which are also members of the G20, the, the, the premier forum for international economic cooperation. Um, between the EU and Mercosur, we are talking about a combined population of 780 million people and a combined GDP of around 19 trillion euros. So if this happens, it would be the, the largest free trade agreement that either the EU or Mercosur have ever signed, uh, especially if we consider the, 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 the size of the markets involved and the, and the population involved. Um, the current bilateral trade is already significant. And we're talking about some 88 billion euros a year for goods, some 34 billion euros a year for services. And if implemented, um, this free trade agreement will over time remove duties on more than 90% of goods traded between the EU and Mercosur. This includes um, things like cars, pharmaceuticals, textiles, agricultural products. Um, the deal also covers the lifting or, or at least a softening of trade barriers on areas such as telecommunications and financial services. I would say that um, there is also a more geopolitical angle to the deal. Um, for historical reasons, there are close ties between um, Europe and South America. For, for instance, um, Brazil is a former Portuguese colony. Argentina, Uruguay and Paraguay are former Spanish colonies and of course the entire region has large populations of Italian, French, German, Polish descent to name only a few. So um, European companies also have a large presence in South America. Countries like Spain constantly try to operate as a bridge between Latin America and Europe. And of course, um, the significant availability of metals like lithium, copper and others and significant reserves of hydrocarbons in South America also make the region increasingly interesting for Europe's ongoing push to diversify its suppliers of raw materials. So for all of these reasons, we are talking about a pretty significant trade deal if implemented, which of course is a big if. 
Wow, yeah. So what are the kind of main obstacles to the implementation of the deal? So um, despite the obvious opportunities for the EU and Mercosur that this deal creates, um, it is also a very controversial and problematic deal, which explains why the negotiations have taken more than 20 years. Um, in fact, EU-Mercosur talks actually began in 1999. That's the previous century. Um, so this illustrates the extent to which uh, the, the process has been super slow. Um, while there are many reasons for the protracted negotiations, we can summarize the problems here by, by saying that European agri-food producers are quite skeptical of opening EU markets to super competitive agri-food producers from Brazil and Argentina. France, for instance, is one of the main critics of a trade deal between the European Union and Mercosur. France has a large agricultural sector and French governments are very sensitive to political pressure from local farmers. And France is not alone in this, right? Farmers in other countries such as Ireland have also spoken against a deal with Mercosur. Um, but there are also some concerns in South America, for sure. And South American governments are worried about opening their industrial sectors to competition from European companies. Um, Brazil, Argentina and the rest of Mercosur tend to be quite protectionistic of their local industries and the idea of removing tariffs for the entry of EU manufacturers is, is not very popular. Um, Mercosur countries, especially um, Brazil, have also expressed concern about the idea of opening government tenders to European companies, which they think would um, negatively impact domestic um, companies. More recently, I, I would like to add, France and others have expressed concern about the ongoing process of deforestation in the Amazon rainforest in, in Brazil and have demanded a greater Brazilian commitment to stop deforestation. I would say that um, while to some extent these concerns are genuine, in fact, um, France in, in particular and the EU in general is, is, is very vocal about the fight against climate change, the Paris climate agreement and the like, it seems to me that to some extent France and others are also using deforestation as an excuse to oppose the trade agreement when in reality the main concern is about what I said before, right? About opening uh, their agri-food markets to um, Brazilian imports and South American imports in general. Um, a few weeks ago the European Commission proposed to add an addendum to the free trade agreement covering these uh, environmental issues. But of course, um, the South American governments are not particularly thrilled about the idea of adding stuff to a deal that was already closed four years ago, right? The, the, the reaction from Brazil in particular was quite cold, saying we already have a deal in place. Why do you want to add things that would only reopen the negotiations? So all these obstacles, political, economic, social, um, that, I, that I just mentioned explain why, uh, while there was an, 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 sorry, an initial deal in um, 2019, it has not been ratified, let alone um, implemented, and why we still seem to be quite far from a final deal. 
Despite that, EU and Mercosur leaders have repeatedly said that a compromise will eventually be reached. Uh, do you think that this is possible in the short to medium term? Well, that's a great question. Um, I will start with some positive developments, if you like. Um, right now, the EU and Mercosur are exchanging offers and counter offers, um, which is a positive sign. Um, this suggests that um, for all of the obstacles that I mentioned before, um, at least there are ongoing attempts to break the impasse, right? Having a conversation, even if it's a tense conversation, is, is better than having no conversation at all. Um, we also need to keep in mind that Spain currently holds the rotating presidency of the European Union, which means that the Spanish government can introduce topics on the European Union's political agenda. And as I said before, um, Spain is interested in becoming a bridge between um, Europe and South America. So we should expect um, the Spanish government to push for continued conversations between the EU and Mercosur. Of course, Spain doesn't really have any extra powers. Um, the rotating presidency of the European Union also mean, only means that it can put the item on the agenda, but it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Madrid will be successful at breaking the impasse. But at least they, they will try. For them, relations with, with Latin America are quite important. Um, but then there are also some big problems. I would say uh, both um, Brazil and Argentina have left-wing governments right now that are quite protectionistic, um, especially when it comes to their industrial sectors. Um, Argentina will hold a presidential election in October, According to opinion polls, the conservative opposition may win um, and take over the Argentinian government. But even a conservative government in Buenos Aires would still be subject to pressure from local industries not to make too many concessions to the European Union. And going to, to the European side of the equation, um, France has had a very turbulent first half of the year um, with massive protests across the country against a very controversial pensions reform, almost a week of rioting and, and looting also across the country because of the killing of a teenager by French police. So I doubt French President Emmanuel Macron wants farmers blocking roads across France if he accepts the deal with, with, with Mercosur. The, the, the social and political climate in, in France is not really conducive to um, making decisions that would anger yet another sector of the French society, in this case, um, farmers. Um, the European Union is also in kind of a protectionist phase. Um, the, the energy and inflation crises in the bloc are still having a, a negative impact on its economy, and the European Union is looking at ways to actually protect itself from foreign competition and not so much opening itself to foreign competition. Um, farmers, and I can't stress this enough, are very influential political actors in Europe. The European Union will hold elections across the continent to appoint a new European Parliament and a new European Commission next year, so I doubt any political parties in Europe will want to anger farmers uh, with a Mercosur deal ahead of the vote. So, to make a long story short, um, I think there are still significant obstacles to overcome before there is a deal between the European Union and Mercosur. Don't get me wrong, it may still happen um, because of the drivers for it that I mentioned at, at the beginning of this, 
but the obstacles mean that um, the road ahead will still be bumpy, in my opinion. Well, thank you very much, Adriano. Definitely something to keep watching as it continues to unfold in the coming weeks and months. You can learn how geopolitical events like this could affect your business with Rain Worldview. Our flagship risk intelligence products provide clients with access to the insights and analyses they need to make more informed decisions and drive better risk management outcomes. Sign up at rainnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emma Kami. Thanks for listening.